Hey, Bobby Manning here. Want to give you guys a quick update on this feed. We're going to be throwing it back to our old Celtics postgame show style about an hour after every Celtics game show. And we're doing it on the Locker Room app. If you haven't heard of the Locker Room app, it's available on the Apple App Store as well as getlockerroom.com. And you just download the app, find our room. You can follow me, Bobby Manning, Josue Pavone, John Zanis, as well as Jimmy Toscano, and get alerted every time we go live, which is going to be, like I said, an hour after every single game. You can join us there, just like on our old show, and jump on as a caller. Questions, takes, opinions, all that stuff. You'll have your chance to throw it out there and have a little bit of a back and forth with our show like we used to here. Now that audio is going to be available here on this feed. So what you're going to hear after... This is our locker room conversation from last night, uh, the Celtics post-game show overtime, as we're going to be calling it. And that's going to be what this stream is going forward. If you want the Celtics post-game show as we do it on YouTube immediately following the buzzer, which is going to continue for an hour after every game, you're going to want to go subscribe to the Garden Report podcast feed. That's the Garn Report podcast feed. It's on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you're getting your podcast, anywhere you're getting this podcast stream, you'll be able to get the Garn Report one as well. And that will be our post-game stream. This is going to continue to be the locker room stream from every night. So we're basically doing two shows each night. Second one's going to involve you guys. So it's standing here on our old stream where we used to do that every night. And... Here is tonight's show. Hello. I am in the room. Sherrod, you got me? I got you. What's up? Let's get going. Um, thank you guys for joining. Sherrod, tweet it out to your followers if you haven't already. I got speaker requests lined up. Uh, Amit Bhattacharji, uh, sorry. Uh, I always leave out a syllable on that one. Our producer opened the room. Um, and he was hanging out. So thank you, Amit. Um, he's here with us too. So we might hear from him. He hasn't gotten a chance to chat. Um, so those of you guys who were with us on the post game show, we kind of opened things up first talking about the debacle at the end of the game, which we're not sure whether or not it mattered, but it was definitely something that was, uh, you know, in the moment we were like, wow. Uh, but, uh, solid win over the Lakers three game sweep out West. You gotta be kidding me. Right. And here we are. Celtics are now tied for the fourth seed. Um, so we've talked a lot. I'm going to just start welcoming people uh, directly into the chat. The, the rules chat. here are, I bring you on. Please mute yourself until we call on you. And when we do, um, you know, obviously unmute, uh, join the chat. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll line you guys up. Lots of you guys here we haven't heard from before, but I see you are returning. So please, we would like you guys to, to, to join the conversation, ask us a question, make a comment, really talk about anything. It could be about tonight or anything Celtics related. Um, so uh, we do have uh, right now CJ in the room. CJ, you want to you uh, give us yeah, your thoughts? What's hey, going what's on? up, CJ? What's up, guys? Um, I just wanted to point out, I know part of it might be because Jalen was having such a crazy game. But without Robert Williams, you could just really see how it affected Jason Tatum. It just felt like the game didn't come as smooth to him, and just he couldn't get as many looks. So I wanted to see what you guys thought about that, or if you could notice it at all. Well, they're in a nice rhythm 
with Robert Williams out there. His ability to just, you know, rim run, uh, his defense uh, gives him a lob threat. And, and as we saw the last couple of games, he's actually doing a little bit more face-up scoring, which I think opens things up for those guys like Tatum on the wing and things like that. Um, but that's the thing about this, this Celtics team, that they have to really continue to figure out ways to just get better with who they have to work with. Um, we, we've seen guys in health and safety protocols and injuries and illnesses and colds and, and all this other crap this year. Um, they just got to win games at this point and, and figure out how to do that. And I will say this, though. This was a game that reminds all of us of just how much of a luxury it is to have two elite scores at the wing position. Because if one of them doesn't have it going, chances are pretty high the other one does. And we saw that tonight. I don't think Tatum had a bad game, but I do think Jalen Brown had an exceptionally good game. One of the really one of the more efficient games that you're going to see all season. Uh, And and so the Celtics, they they did what they were supposed to do. They got the win. Now, granted, the end of the bench damn near choked it away, but they still managed to come out with a win. And that's what you want this point for them. I I don't disagree regarding the Rob effect. And I think that that's the biggest, um, biggest uh, contribution he makes is I, I think f- just freeing things up uh, for the offense. I don't know though. Today was one of those games where um, it, you know necessarily that's why Tatum had a slower game. I think as Sherrod said, this was just a hey Jalen, you got it going, buddy. Just keep going, sort of game. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know, Tatum's Tatum's work was done so early. Um, if this were a closer game, we easily could have seen one of those fourth quarters where Tatum dropped 13, 14, 15 points, got himself up in and around 30 if that's what the game needed, uh, and we wouldn't be talking about it as much. So I, I think it was just kind of this is the way the flow of the game was going. Uh, but again, Rob, I think it's worth talking about. Um, they are too thin right now to be without a starter, particularly one who's playing as well as he is. So hopefully – as Brad had said, whatever's going on with him right now is a day-to-day thing um, and not going to be an issue. If he misses time or this is a real thing, that's bad. Um, so let's not – I don't want to speculate. I don't want to dwell on the possibilities of it, but definitely would be uh, a bit of a bummer if uh, Rob missed time. Uh, Budum, um is in the chat room. What's up, man? What's up? I, I've been waiting until 2 a.m. I had to come on and – uh, defend Bobby and defend oh, my go good friend it. Luke Cornett. <laughs> uh, I think he's spot on. I, I don't know why you guys are so reluctant to accept Luke Cornett into your hearts. He had he had like four blocks tonight, but really he probably should have had five. He contested a few more shots too. Um, he 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 was just, he was all over the court and and that was without the three ball falling. He was only one for four on threes. I mean, I think I mean the big issue of tonight was like the third string falling apart. And when you have the full sent, like it is kind of a real thing. Like Luke Cornette, if he was in there instead of Mo Wagner, like that's not happening. Like Luke Cornette is is keeping the lead. The 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 scrubs aren't coming back in. I mean, the starters aren't coming back in. Um, I think I think it's time to embrace Luke Cornette. I watched like I hope you guys realize I'm not a Celtics fan. I'm a Luke Cornette fan. I watched this game from beginning to end just because I knew he would play, and it was worth every second of it. Um, so yeah, I so let think, me ask you this question. Third, I think Bobby's right. He is the third string center of the field. So 
legit question for you. One of the things we talked about um, when they had Daniel Tice, who I think we would all agree, even even the Luke Cornett fans among us, is an all-around better player than Cornett. Maybe you disagree. But even with Tice here, we were, we were, we were uh, not loving the three-person rotation at center um, because – I just don't think it was working um, just in terms of the flow on the court. And I think they were underutilizing Rob. Um, so I, I like this that they're now into, especially considering um, what the difference between what Rob gives you and what um, Tristan gives you. I like the balance when they're both here and healthy. So what would we, Budum, what do you, what, what do you, when they're both out there, what do you want Cornette's role to be? Uh, like how significant uh, a role would he play on this team? I mean, like a realistic, a, a realistic role is. I, I think just kind of what he did tonight. I mean, it, it's kind of hard for him to get. Like, if, if I can turn down the the Cornette um, standing, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, you know, Luke Cornette should be like the starting stretch for alongside Robert Williams as much as I'd like to see that. I mean, I think he's just there to give you spot minutes. I don't think the Rob William foul trouble is going anywhere, and I think honestly, you know, I don't know know if you could even fully rely on like even a Luke Grant Williams front court being viable because that, that, that's pro- these probably both be centers. So, I mean, I, I, I think there's honestly, I'm as a Luke Cornette fan, I, I don't know if there's always going to be room for him from that every given night, but when, you know, Rob Williams has the, you know, when he's getting into foul trouble, when he's having those little bang up injuries, I think, I think you just have him in there to give a different look to add some shooting if you need it and, and make up for any, uh, you know, foul trouble or, you know, fill, fill in the gaps as you need it. But I think right. he'd do that very well. And I'd be happy if he Thanks. was the backup center. But, yeah. Thanks, Bodum. I, I like that, and I like knowing that there are Luke Cornette fans out there. Um, you know, it's uh, – everyone's need fans. Everyone – like, all of us need fans, right, Sherrod? Yes. Luke Cornette yeah. played well tonight. Yes. Luke Cornette <laughs> played well tonight. That's the and company he, and, line. And, and, and that's – this, this is the thing. I have no problem with Luke Cornette's game because I know there are very, very specific niche situations where he can be effective. But the problem I have is there are very few times when that scenario is going to present itself. This was a Lakers team that was missing a significant portion of their front court, guys that can actually frankly make you adjust and adapt to what they're doing because they're that good so this was a great game for Luke Cornette to get out there and do some things and I give him credit he made the most of his opportunity to play but am I anticipating needing Luke Cornette if let's say you're playing the Brooklyn Nets or the Milwaukee Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers and Embiid we saw what that looks like uh, when he has to guard Embiid and I get it Embiid is killing everyone no one is no one is immune to the beatdown that he's given them. But Luke, he played well tonight. That's he it. Played very, he played really, really good tonight. And and that's and I'm and I'm gonna and, and for his fans out there, you need to savor this moment. Embrace this moment. Marinate all night long in the moment. But do it understanding that you're probably not gonna have many more like this. And it has nothing yeah. to do with him being a bad player or anything like that, because I think he, I think he's a, he's he's not a bad player. I just don't think the opportunities where he can be his best version of himself, Brad Stevens' favorite saying, 
I just don't think there are going to be a lot of scenarios like that going forward. Yeah. Moreover, Sherrod, what is this team doing with five centers on this team, not even counting Grant, who's really more of a center? Like, what in the world do you need this many centers for? Like, not just centers that, like, who play center. Centers who play nothing but center, you know? Yeah, like, that's it's, that's the, it, it, Yeah, I mean, that's the weird thing about just kind of the roster construction because – you know, you have a league now where it's it's a positionless game. You're going away from these guys. They have so many guys who only do who can only play one position. They're not, it's it's crazy, and they're not like super versatile stretch. You know, I mean, yeah, again, Cornette, Wagner, they will shoot threes, but I mean, I just bananas that this roster is built this way. Well, and it, it makes it a little difficult to, frankly, get the most out of those guys because again, they they're more position specific as opposed to a guy like Jalen Brown who can play the two, the three and some four or Tatum or, you know, a, a guy like, you know, Fournier when, when he's healthy, you know, they, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Let's bring in uh, Andy. Uh, if you unmute yourself, join the chat, let us know what's on your mind. Hey guys. Uh, thanks so much. Up, this Andy? is awesome. How's it going, Shred? Um, Good. Great, great, uh, great post game shows. I've been watching uh, each and every game. Um, I wanted to bring oh, thank up you. something about the uh, the defense. I just um, in the past seven games, it's it's no secret that we've been playing much better. And um, I've just I have this little theory. I, I've noticed that throughout the season, we've been doing this thing where anytime the ball gets kicked into the paint, or not kicked, in, but you know, thrown into the paint, or there's a there's a one on one matchup, we always have our perimeter defenders, you know, coming in. And that just allows for uh, the, the opponents to kick out and have open threes. And I think that's a huge reason why our defense has been really poor this season. And in the past seven games, I've just you know noticed that we haven't been doing that as much. We haven't been doubling down in the paint. And I think that's like a huge, huge reason why our defense has um, you know, been you know, lights out recently. I don't know what you guys think, but I just haven't heard anybody talking about this. And this has just been this defensive philosophy that I've just noticed that We've never done in this season. Our defense has been horrible, and we've been doing it a lot. So I don't know. I just think that's a huge turning point in why we've been so much better recently. They're doing a better job of, of switching out in mismatches and, frankly, not overreacting. Uh, and, and, and it's, you know, if, if let's say the ball goes down to the small forward who's matched up with Kimba, you don't have to immediately go to that matchup and try to give him help. Uh, force the offensive player to think a little bit. Force them to decide whether they want to go hard and attack the matchup or do they want to swing the ball. And they're doing a better job, I think, of keeping offenses off balance uh, because the the talent in the NBA, even on the crappy teams, uh, even the crappy teams have good players. Uh, But when you're trying to minimize their impact, the easiest way to do that is to force them to think and not rely on just their instincts and their muscle memory to do things. And the Celtics are doing a better job of that. They're forcing teams to think and be more reactive as opposed to being proactive uh, when they're on offense. And that, that's a big part of why they're better. And, and, and maybe in the other point, too, is they're more connected. I mean, it felt that before you had a lot of individuals trying to make plays, trying to do their specific job defensively. And they didn't really feel like a, a team defensive group, uh, which has been a hallmark of their success the last you know four or five years under Brad Stevens. Uh, they're starting to get back to looking defensively like that type of team where 
There's a lot of help defense, uh, not necessarily double teams or anything like that, but just being in position to rotate and switch and do all the little things we've seen him do in the past that we hadn't seen as much of this year. But we have the last, I'd say, seven, eight, nine games. Um, we're going to just let you guys know uh, Bobby Manning is here as well. Joe Sway is about to join um, here as a speaker. So you've got the entire post-game panel hanging out. Uh, again, just letting anybody know who's just hopping over. Um, stay muted. Who's, who's, who's watching TV? Is that you, Joe Sway, in the background? You know it is. <laughs> okay. I got I, – I got, I gotta tell my own freaking hosts how this works. Yo, listen, okay. John. I was like, I was like, yo, who's doing that? <laughs> I looked, I looked down, and I see my mic is not muted. I was like, fuck, it's me. I know you. Joe Sway, I know you too damn well, Joe, Joe Sway. Joe Sway likes to watch though. back the post. Yeah. No, no, not for nothing. It's you. It's usually the uh, the pressers, but it, it went it went to the next the next thing with the post game show. <laughs> Joe Sway likes to watch back the post-game show. Like, ooh, I look good there. No, I can't the lie. Pressers, the pressers. I, I do that from <laughs> Man, I, I made a good point there. I stuck it to John. Or oh, I'm um, trying to see how many times I was kicked off or frozen. <laughs> that happens, too. Um, let's welcome in. Is it Taji? Yeah, it's just Taj. Hey, Taj. What's up, man? What's up? How you guys doing? Good. What's up? Uh, what's up, Todd? Oh. So, I just got uh, one little uh, like question or opinion. It's like, do you guys think Brad is going to go to a lineup during the playoffs of just Smart, Tatum, Brown, Kemba, and Fournier? Because you know Rob doesn't have that many uh, playoff games under his belt. So you think Brad is just going to go small with that lineup to close out games in the future? I know it's a little early to tell, but I see it happening just the way they can switch and shoot and get to the basket and how athletic, uh, athletic well, they are. I think it'll work. We talked about it, just... it. I mean, let's let's look at it this way. And, uh, Sherrod, you can go. But, I mean, it depends on the matchup. We talked about it. But, right. like, against Brooklyn, who's down a center now and really only has DeAndre, like, DeAndre's not playing late in the game. You could see it against that lineup, theoretically. Um, it just depends on who you're playing. But go ahead. Thanks, thanks Tosh. No, no that, that was the point that I was going to make, John, was that it, it will be matchup dependent. Uh, and teams that will go uber small, then you can definitely do that. Uh, and, and I think we'll, we'll see that at some point during the course of the, reg, the rest of the regular season and, and pro, most likely in the playoffs. But I don't I think do. we're going to see a heavy diet of that just because that's ridiculously small. Um, I mean, Tatum is, is, a, is you know, a, a multi-positional player. But you don't want to have him playing center too damn much unless you're playing a team, you know, that, that doesn't have a true center. Uh, and, and there will be some opportunities for that to happen. But when I think about them in the playoffs against a team like Milwaukee or a team like Philadelphia, um, I, I don't see that particular group spending It's impossible time. against Philadelphia. It's impossible. Yeah. You, can't, you have to have somebody uh, out there yeah. against Embiid. And even, even still, like, geez – I, I wish Rob had one more crack at him, but they don't play Philly again. I don't know if you play Philadelphia, how you're going to feel good about putting Rob out there at all, let alone to close out a game. So, uh, you know, it's, you're going to need some beef out there. Um, you might even be looking at Tristan closing games against against the Sixers. 
Yeah, I, I think that's going to happen. I mean, I don't know how Rob's going to improve from the last time he's seen Joel Embiid. I mean, all jokes aside, I know John said that he's had uh, he had nightmares about Embiid and took him a, took him a week. Would you say it took him a week to get out of that funk? Um, Dude, look so, at it. I mean, he was he really wasn't himself for a few games there. Right, right, and and I think it's easy to say, oh well, it's matchup based, but then you look at some of these potential matchups, you know, like well, I don't I don't really see a, a team where where that's going to give the Celtics an advantage. I mean, yeah. but we'll see. Philly and the Nets might be those two teams where Boston gets to it, and it's just like they they don't have it here against these groups because you think about the Embiid matchup. There isn't an easy solution to that one. And even if you move Rob to the bench, like I suggested, and you look back on how that last game went, Dwight really gave it a Rob, too, when it came to like offensive rebounding and just physicality in there. It really bothered Rob. So that's just a tough matchup for him. And then you look at the Brooklyn one. Kyrie has whooped the Celtics in a way that I don't even know how to begin like slowing him down. And, you know, they, who knows who will be available then. But you start to think about slowing down Kyrie, Harden, and Durant at the same time. I don't know if that's happening for anybody, never mind the Celtics. So those are the two teams you look at from a matchup standpoint. So the Celtics are just going to have a hard time even standing in there with them. I think Zans fell asleep. I think we were sorry. I had, I had it on. I had it on mute. I apologize. Um, I, I I agree, Bobby. I mean, you even wonder if there's a world in which you know against a matchup against Brooklyn, you just you don't have Kemba out there, you know, because you're trying to match up uh, a little bit better. Even, well, even uh, Smart's uh, been getting destroyed by Kyrie. Like, I know. The well, offense that, they have is just ridiculous. That smart criticism of the, the shifty guards was honestly like just <laughs> watching, watching him chase around Kyrie and like just having him just dribble in circles. You know, it's it's not easy. Um, well, Kyrie it, does that to everybody. He does it yeah. to everybody. It's not fair, right? It's not. It's fair. like the Embiid Kyrie's thing. You it's like I mean, a big man. I mean, no one can stop him. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi Leonard yeah. got some of that. Exactly. Oh, got some of that. Uh, you start going down a list of of you know first team All NBA defenders and elite defenders. Kyrie's that damn good. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, That's I mean, when it thing. comes to Philly. Like, historically good. Yeah. When it, com- when it comes to Philly, you just got to hope Thompson can bang out there with him. You're not going to stop him. You're not going to slow him. <laughs> but get him tired. Really just, you know, use those fouls in a smart way and double him like crazy and rotate fast. That's probably yeah. going to be easier than it is to defend Brooklyn. The thing about Brooklyn, though, is like you said, John, the fact that you can put your best five players on the floor and do your thing offensively is – useful for Boston. Like there are some advantages that they can try to work in there if they're fully healthy. You're, you you hope you you hope that that's the case. Uh let's welcome in uh Kirk. What's up Kirk? Yeah, how y'all doing? Thanks for uh, inviting me on stage. No, it's Yo, great to thanks have for you. kicking. Yeah, so, thanks for kicking it with us. Uh all right, so uh me personally with the Philly thing, I know uh Embiid kicked our ass uh the last couple times, but at the same time, I don't think we were uh healthy either one of those games so I never really felt like we uh were able to give uh Philly a full shot and uh when it comes to Brooklyn I know it's a tough matchup but I think it's also a tough matchup for them as well because they can't defend our uh players as as well as we can't defend theirs but the one but here well I'm gonna, let's start with the with the Brooklyn one you're you're right but the difference is this they have three of arguably the top six, seven, eight, nine, ten players who 
who are professional scoring assassins. Tatum is a very good scorer, but he's not at that level with, with Harden, with Kyrie, with Durant. Jalen Brown, really, really good scorer. Not at that same level with Harden, Kyrie, Durant. So they have more offensive firepower that they have at their disposal. And then you got a guy like Joe Harris, who is a sniper, who's just sitting around in the corner just chilling, waiting for all the defense to gravitate towards the big three. And he's a guy that's killing. And then you got Bruce Brown, who's making buckets. They have a lot of offensive weapons. To me, if you're the Celtics, and I don't know how you're going to do this, but you have to make those those side those guys on the side become more front and center type players. You have to put more pressure on those guys to make shots and make plays than their big three. Because if if you get into a series with Brooklyn and it's it comes down to Kevin Durant needing to make shots, Kyrie needing to make shots, harder to make shots, you in trouble. You are in big trouble. Philadelphia, your point about Philadelphia, you're right. The Celtics weren't whole when they played them, but damn, Embiid is a beast. This is, this is without question, the best he's played in his career. Uh, and even at full strength, I still think the Celtics are going to have a lot of problems with him because he's got the inside-outside game going now like he's never had it before. Yeah, uh, the mid-range is unreal yeah. for, for a center. His mid-range game is out of control right now. I mean, he's, he's, as, close to, he's as close to unguardable as you'll find in any big man in the NBA right now. Yeah, but why is he, uh, why is he acting like he's the last uh, year? But, but my, my thing also, though, would be, though, why is he acting like he's a wrestler or something? Like, this whole attitude thing. Like, I hope the Celtics, like, let that get under your skin. Like, he, yeah. the way he's been huffing and puffing since he came back from injury, you know, uh, getting the crowd all into it. He was doing a lot of it the other night because he was on national TV or last night. Yeah, and what we talked about last game, Joe Sway, when they played him, is like, you know, when you were fouling him, and I, I, I think it was a commenter, or I, I forget what it was, just had made a point, like, you're going to foul him, foul him hard. I think you've got to rattle right. him a little bit. you got to get I, – Get I him mad. We've seen that you know, before. We've seen Al Horford do it. He, he pissed I, him off. I want to see them get him mad and knock him off his game a little bit. Um, right. Rather than just let him get what he wants and then just complain to the refs when you when you get called for the ticky tack fouls, f- f- you know, f- screw it, f- fine. I'm getting called for this foul anyway. I'm getting my money's worth. Make him friggin' feel it. Make him work. You know, and that's right. what Celtics have had in the past. Horford could bang with him when they had Baines running into Baines a whole bunch. Great, Embiid's gonna win that matchup every time, but it friggin' really wears on you. By the fourth quarter, you don't want to do it anymore. It sucks because yeah, you're like, I just, I'm, I'm it, running it feels... into this brick wall over this and refrigerator, over right. yeah, and I and I hate it. You know, it feels like with Philly, you can go all in on that one guy, and you know the other guys they're reliable. Like Tobias Harris has been awesome this year. Seth Curry is a reliable. But you shooter. make them beat you. Go but, ahead. Yeah. You know, yeah. you'd rather be doing that than, like, game planning for Durant and letting loose a little bit on Harden and Kyrie, which is just absurd. Um, so you would want Philly out of those two for sure, especially since the Celtics have done things to bother him a little bit in the past. I know this year is a different story, but ultimately, like, if he kind of tweaks something or it just isn't able to sustain for full games or stuff like that, like, a huge opportunity opens. The only problem there is what we talk about with Tatum versus Ben Simmons which really does seem to be his like kryptonite or whatever you want to call it right now. Like those are the worst games that he has going up against him. 
Yeah, I yeah, but that's like a really good point. That's a good point, though, John. Real quick, I just want to get this in because I, I think again, like when you think about the teams around the NBA, Joel Embiid, and yeah, sure, this is the, easily the best season we've seen from him. But like the history he has against the Celtics, like there's no love lost. Love it. You know, this yeah. is the same guy who said rivalry. This isn't a rivalry. They kick our ass every single yeah. time. Like he knows when it's playoff time. Like he really wants to give it to the Celtics. Shit, look how upset he was last last postseason when he was like, man, it seemed like he was ready to walk off that court before the end, before the game was officially yeah. before the series was officially over. Like <laughs> you can get into be... that head, man. Marcus Morris, do you remember him doing the three zero sign in his phase? Like you can uh, get awesome. in Joel and B's head. The Celtics could really you. do that. I'll tell you Tristan this, Thompson, we, that's his job. That that should be his role. John, if we want that Boston-Toronto dynamic from last year, it's got to be Philly. I mean, you know those fans will just be spilling in the room. There'll be more trash talk than ever before. And if I mean, they're the favorite in that series, forget about it. They're, 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 they've come out of their holes, you know? They're, 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 they're feeling good about themselves. <laughs> We're going to miss the Toronto fans, though. <laughs> I know. Uh, I got Chris here Don't waiting in the Toronto, chat. Chris, uh, why don't you fire – Chris, fire away. I was waiting for that, Bobby. <laughs> Chris, are you there? All right, Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you, but it's nothing personal. Um, <laughs> feel free to re- feel free to request to speak again. I'm bringing in uh, Noah. Noah, that's no who. What's up, man? Yeah, what's Noah. Up? So I have a I have a pretty quick question. So let's say we end up playing the Sixers. Do you think anyone's gonna be able to take out the Nets? Especially with their chemistry, since we don't know how that is. I mean, Philly beat the Nets uh, last game uh, a night ago. Um, Philly's a real problem for the Nets. Yeah, so they are. I think they could beat the Nets. I really. They do. can absolutely beat the Nets. I, I'd still put my money on the Nets um, there, but I don't know. What do you guys think? It's. Uh, I don't know. I it's, it, I just I find it. As Bobby said it, you know, uh, a minute ago. I just find it hard to see someone just being able to shut that team down enough on You have to play an almost perfect game every, to beat them um, because because of their firepower. It's so hard to do. Especially Durant. Um, Durant's so dangerous, man. It's just all of them. They're just ridiculous. Durant comes back from a month <laughs> layout and he looks at, I mean, Durant, you, you wanted to play for those people out there clamoring for a John apology cam on the post game show. I, I should have done one over Durant. I mean, I thought. I mean, <laughs> well, John, at least at least before, right? You could say, "Oh, well, James Harden, we've seen him, you know, stink up at the playoffs from time and time again." Oh, Kyrie Irving, we've seen if you know things don't go his way, he can get really upset. But Kevin Durant, man, in the postseason, dude, solid, like mentally, yeah. you know, on the floor, like everything is put together. And with those two guys as his counter, as his partners, it's like, man, you know, yeah. I don't know. I, I what do you think, Sherrod? I don't I, I I don't know between those that, two teams. Look, the the Nets are just that that locomo that locomotive train that ain't nobody stopping. The only way it's stopping is if they stop themselves. Injury. You're gonna you're gonna need you're gonna need some breaks to beat them that you have absolutely nothing to do with. You're gonna need someone to be sick or someone to be hurt or or you know, just someone to be in a funk. You're gonna need some some internal strife and turmoil. You're going to need well, something that you can't What about control. their defense, Sherrod? Do you think they can flip a switch? Because it is that bad. It's bad, but see, the thing about it is we've never seen a team in this generation, in this age, with the kind of offensive firepower that they've had. I That's mean, they have, they have three guys 
that can collectively get you damn near 100 points every night and it not be that big a deal. It not be that out of the, the realm. The craziest of part, too. And every is... one of them can do it by themselves. Like, exactly. it is, they, they don't need anybody around them. It's no, and you unreal. know what the craziest yeah. thing is, too? Everyone's like, oh, how do they fit together? They, when they're together, it looks like that's what each guy is meant to do. Like Durant, just be a dominant cutting, off-ball shooting, you know, secondary hit ball handling, <laughs> mid-range force. Harden being a pure passer, 13 assists a game. Kyrie, you know, moving off the ball, catching in, making a quick move. They just, the chemistry there was so immediate when you saw them play together. Yeah, and what's amazing is Philly won last game. Uh, Durant didn't play. Uh, Harden didn't play. You know, I mean, it's they put up 117 without those two guys, you know, 123, 117. That's unreal. And, yeah, I no mean, hard, Brown, And they started they started Jeff Green and Shamet, you know, like, and and, and, and there's no, there's no. Shamet's uh, a great, great bench there. player. Bruce Brown. I know, but nice I mean, that's without player. Harden and without Durant. Holy crap. No, but that's the thing about them. They have a big three. They have depth. They have a couple of decent centers. Like they are just spoiled with talent there. It's unreal. It's unreal. It's 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 almost depressing because it's like you that, remember the futility when an NBA season began and you knew Golden State was waiting there. You know, I mean, Sherrod, when we were, you know, we used to have, you know, we'd have conversations like, you know, should the Celt? I mean, the entire league was talking about should they be punting it for two years down the road? Because why build why build a contender now? when you know you're just going to run into this freight train and you can't possibly win an NBA title, so why load up now? Now you get that same feeling of futility with this Nets team. And it was it was a bit of an unknown before the season started, like how is it going to mesh? Is Durant going to come back? But like almost, almost, like, and almost 10 seconds in, you were like, oh, shit, they're really good with Durant. Um, and he's back. And then and this, is, this is Houston's the, fault. The, then they trade for Harden, and you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. You know, like. I mean, Houston so, Houston could have got such a better deal, but they rushed it and they just gave the Nets the keys to be a, become a powerhouse. Yeah, so uh, you do what is funny here is if you know a, a huge part of our early season, you know, uh, you know, whining and bitching was over the deal we think Danny didn't take with Miles Turner. Imagine if Philly could have had Harden and just didn't do it for Embiid. At the time, it was like I don't know, do they? Now looking back, if you're Philly, are you thinking like ah, we should have done that, man? Yeah, I think they would. If that was option one, and they could have had nah. Simmons, I don't. I don't think so. I, I just think because you Doc's, would not have done it. I don't think Doc would have wanted to sign up for that. I, I don't know. I, I feel I, like they wanted to. I but think. They were, I don't know. Sure, I feel like they played more. hardball. Did Philly really yeah. want that. I think Philly was intrigued by the idea <laughs> because on paper it looks pretty damn good, but. If you bring in a James Harden, get rid of Simmons, who's your alpha, James or Joel? Can Joel accept the fact that there'd be someone who is le- should legitimately be the alpha instead of you? I think it's, it's like Shaq and Kobe. When yeah. It's been great for both. Yeah, but I, I just, I don't, I, I think having Doc around, force Joel and force Ben Simmons to a, to a certain extent to really be more specific, have very specific roles. There was, there's no longer a fight for who the alpha in that organization is. It's Joel. But if you bring James Harden into the mix to play with Joel, 
you can make a case for either one. Hell, I would I would I, say uh, Harden would be the alpha. But look how look how I mean the most impressive thing for me um is how Harden um not only has taken a backseat to Durant, with whom he shared a stage once upon a time, um, and but more so even Kyrie. Like, all right, Kyrie, if you're gonna need to be the guy that takes the twenty seven shots, I'll get fifteen assists. You know? I'm amazed that that happened. You know, I'm amazed that a guy who's basically, you know, you know, easily could be a multiple time MVP right now with the, with, with the way he plays offense being totally fine to just say, I'll take it. I'll take shots. If you want me to take shots, if not, I'll just get a triple double every night by taking eight, eight, 10, 12 shots. I mean, it, I, I, did anybody see Harden doing that? Not not to this extent, no. But the thing that I, I keep coming back to is this. They have a three-man party, and right now there's only one party of the three-man party that does not have a championship. So when you think about it, if anyone is going to make Good sacrifices, yeah. it's the one guy who's never been a champion. Um, yeah, well, this that's is a good so point. important for his legacy, isn't it? This is a this is huge. I mean, this. I mean, listen, James Harden is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when he's when all said and done. I don't I don't have any doubts about that. But to have a championship on top of all the individual accomplishments he's had, that to me, that's the final nail in the coffin for him. This is a tricky yeah. one for him though, because if they're deemed that super team that can't miss and they collapse in a significant way, he's that's gonna, gonna, gonna go on him too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he wins Especially if he has the kind of postseason that we've seen him have time and time again in OKC, time and time again we saw in Houston, where he's great during the regular season and he pulls that Casper the friendly ghost bullshit in the playoffs. I know, but you're just you're looking you're just looking for that weakness right now. And I, I, I you know, obviously they're not a terrific defensive team. You're just trying to figure out like how are we gonna how do you play this team? You know, like what are you gonna do? Philly's do you, got it. Philly's, do, Philly's I, got that key. What, I, from the Celtics' perspective, if you were to match up with them, again, you just have to accept that, like, you're not really – I mean, obviously you have to give it your best college try on defense and do your best to just make it harder for them, but you're not going to neutralize them. The Celtics are going to win it if their offense is clicking um, and, and they're able to go punch for punch, toe-to-toe with them. And as you said, Sherrod, if you line up each player, player by player, it, I mean, Brooklyn's better across the board. I do want to jo- get – Joe Sway- Joe Sway said this. I'll just finish it here. This is yep. that's what Barkley and Shaq are talking about. That's where Kemba needs to be part of that big three and scoring twenty five. That's when that's going to matter. No, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, we talked about it after you guys left. Yeah, we got into a good conversation. Well, John, you set it up, but yeah, no, I, I was saying that in the sense of like it's from the outside looking in. It's it's easy to say that against teams like the Brooklyn Nets, against teams like the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, but to get there. I mean, I don't. I'm not necessarily sure. Kemba has to score 20 a night to get past to get through the first round. You know, I think yeah. that's the part that those guys are overlooking. That they think that Kemba Kemba has to be that guy throughout the entire postseason. Because because if you've been watching this team all season long, you know that's just not realistic. You know. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we've got uh, Dudley's been waiting, and we always want to hear from Dudley when he's here. So I'm going to put up Dudley. Do, uh, I gave do Dudley wanna, a follow on Twitter because he. Uh, he's 
Oh, awesome. So uh, real quick before Dudley, before you go, Dudley, um, just want to let everybody in the room, if you're just coming in here, uh, we will put you up here to chat. Please request to speak. Again, I keep saying I see a lot of this. I see a lot of familiar faces in here and some people who don't want to chat. That's fine. We don't want to force you, but I would like to encourage you um, to, to raise your hand and, and, and come in and speak. Also, if, if, uh, if you want, if you have other people you know who think would be interested in this type of conversation wants to join us on this locker room chat. You can tweet it out to your followers. Um, you know, while we're live, if anybody else comes, joins the party, that's great. Also, I would ask you, uh, please give everyone in this room a follow all of our hosts and panelists. Uh, that way, when we do go live, uh, in the future, you, uh, could be notified of that as well. So, um, uh, Dudley, if you're there, uh, take it away. The dulcet tones of Dudley Francois. <laughs> What's <laughs> fellas? Good night. Good night. Good night. Oh man, I'm gonna turn the lights down right now. Shit, I'm chilling. I'm about to make me a drink. <laughs> a couple of things. First, first off, let me let, let me just say I'm very proud of Joe Sway. It's it's two twenty, and Joe Sway's still hanging. And kicking. We, 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 and we kicking. Just, we appreciate you tonight, dog. <laughs> Word. You, you do your thing. Uh, I'm, you I'm, I'm awake. Sleep, I'm you awake and kicking. All right. <laughs> What's up? You about to put Joe Sway to sleep? Why? Yeah, I'm telling you, right? He's like, man, that, that smooth. <laughs> Yo, with that, that voice, thing? yeah, man, that bass. Oh, you know what though? You know what though? It's Lakers Celtics. That must be it. It's the it's the the rivalry. You know, it got me up. I'm I'm up. And I, and I, I'm gonna get to the the rivalry. Is my my third point. But let me just get this. Okay, out of okay. Way. Cornet, Bobby. Cornet, poor freaking net. Bobby, watch out, yo. Cornette. Can I get some? Can I get some love on Cornet? Because these three guys were not giving me an. Yo, ho- yo, um, cover your head, Bobby. Yeah, watch you're out. not. You, 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 yeah, you're not getting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I knew. Hey, I, yo, man, I, got him. He must have played for Toronto. Like he must have played for Toronto. That's the only way, Bobby. <laughs> That's the only way. I, I can't believe, Bobby. I love you, man. I I can't believe. So you were you were shocked. The, you, the Dudley, you said, do you Dudley? Do you see what I deal with on a nightly basis? <laughs> I I couldn't believe it. I fell off my chair. I fell off. My they do chair play like every night bed. too, Dud. Part of the rotation that was Tristan Thompson came back. Oh my goodness! I can't believe they would even question to think that they would put Cornette on Cornette. Oh, anyway. Um, move, move <laughs> on that note, get well soon, Rob. Get well. Yeah, get, yeah. get well soon, Rob. Um, on to tonight. Yeah, you, you know what? The chat was killing Brad today, and Brad freaking deserved it. And I can't believe you guys today. I love you guys. Whoa. I mean, Whoa. I can't believe you guys. You guys let Brad off the hook tonight. You guys left Brad. I don't know. Brad, first off, first off, when Brad started pulling them, they weren't up by 27. They were up by like 20. They extended it a little bit. There was a little bit of an extension when the bench came in. But let's be honest here. There's a connection between Brad and what's the coach of the Lakers? Aren't they like Indiana boys? Vogel, Frank. Yeah, Frank. So I Frank. felt like Brad kind of like, all right, you know, he's my boy similar. here. We probably went out to dinner the day before. Oh, they definitely I'm did. Killing them already. Let me take my foot off the gas. This is Lakers. <laughs> I don't care who they put on the court. I don't care 
if it's if it's cornet on the court on the other <laughs> side, you go and you kill these dudes. You you, you I you kill, I wanted JB to go for fifty tonight. I couldn't believe right. he got pulled when he got thirty six points. I said go for the jugular. This is like these were the come dudes on though. What are you that, proving against the way they that team was built tonight? Like if if it was LeBron and Davis, that's one thing. But you're gonna shove it down Schroeder's throat. Like I'm, they yeah, plus you know the second unit. Should, Bobby, regardless Bobby. though, regardless the second unit should took care of business, man. Yeah, I, okay, all right, Bobby, you're about to, Bobby, you're about to be scolded by Dudley. Right? <laughs> Granted, the second unit should have done what they needed to do. I agree with what John said. You know what I'm saying? You had point guards who were trying to play a little too quick. Maybe they found their moment. Maybe it was the glitz and the glamour. I don't know. Uh, but but at the end of the day, you put your 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 foot you on their neck and you destroy. These are the dudes that they, they, they pushed it back. But technically, wasn't this the day they were supposed to reveal their banner? Wasn't there what didn't they wait for the Celtics? Wasn't their original date to show that their banner 17? The, the day where they met the Celtics tonight wasn't today that that day. But they, they were didn't do that, Douglas. They but they didn't do that because there weren't going to be fans there. And to be honest with you, Dudley, real talk, if I were the Lakers, I would have absolutely unveiled it tonight. I would have absolutely – because that would have been the ultimate trolling of the Celtics if I were a Lakers fan. That, and I would have made that. JB go for 50. Yeah. They couldn't do that with LeBron and Davis on the bench. They knew it was Guys, I, for, for, for real, though, 113-186 with seven minutes to play. You don't think you can start to clear the bench then? Five minutes. It's not the Lakers either. This this is a bunch of guys wearing purple and gold. Well, you this know, you know, JB wanted it too, though. That's this true. Wasn't, <laughs> this, wanted it. This last thing, the Lakers, I'll, Lakers. I'll, I'll let yeah. you guys go. La- last thing, I'll let you guys go tonight. You, you know, I can't. T- it's to what 2021. You know, I have not yet seen. I have not yet relived. The, the fourth quarter of the 2010 championship, oh. game seven. I've not seen any. any yo, I, stopped, I stopped at the third quarter it. during during quarantine last year, during shutdown. You know, the NBA TV doing all the, all the recycling, you know, recycling all the good games. I, I stopped at the third quarter. <laughs> I, I, I can't oh, do it. that one. That one definitely still hurts. I still can't do it, bro. I, I haven't watched that it. whole game since. It's been 11 years. I, even, my brother was, even my brother was shocked that I was watching the first half. He was like, bro, are you watching that again? I'm like, yo, it's my first time. I got this. Didn't finish it, man. I didn't finish it. Were you yeah, guys, have a there? wonderful night. For me, you too. You I mean, too, I was Dudley. out there for that. Um, Were you? I was covering oh, that one. Man. Yeah, I mean, I was covering. I was covering that for NBC or CSN at CSN at the time. Um, and it's it's a different. I don't know what it is. The difference between covering an event live versus watching it on TV. It takes longer to sink in, in for a strange way. I, 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 That's how I, I felt at the Game Seven way. of Eastern Conference Finals. Because, yeah, and I was what's like, funny wow, is, they almost went to the finals. Like it hit me like an hour after. It, it takes me forever, and when it's a bad memory, I end up not coming back and rewatching it, and it almost never sinks in. So, like, I actually, as far as the grieving process goes, I feel like I never actually experienced that. The number one place that's happened to me in my life is the is the Patriots uh, 2007 Super Bowl. I oh, I have man. I have erased that from my mind. I was there, and I couldn't process it when it happened. I've actually I was in the tunnel 
preparing to like you know get our crew onto the field to do li- live stuff and i didn't see the tyree catch i just heard it and i literally can't allow myself to watch it i've never seen mm. that i've never seen the fourth quarter of that game in real time and i don't think i can watch it but the lakers Yo, is probably a close second i almost i almost fought yeah. to one that night bro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is teenager Joe Sway, right? This is yeah, the yeah. Super Bowl. Uh, that Super Bowl. Oh man. Yeah. No, yeah. That that, that one that one kills me. So uh Patrick, we got you in the room. Are you there, bud? And and Ben, I apologize. I booted you because you weren't muted. Uh, again, anybody I put on there, if you could just mute till we call on you just to be make sure that um that I know you're there. Um and I, I will get back to you, I promise. Uh Patrick, what's going on? No good? Uh, we waited too long. Um, all right, I think I brought Ben back in the fold. Can you, ben, you, can you hear me? Ben, we got you, buddy. Okay, so what I was trying to say is, first of all, I love Bobby, man. Bobby gets too much flack on the show. He does. Second of all. But for entertainment purposes. All, my, that's, true, that's true. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, my second thing was, it was about the 76ers, right? I And I know last year was a different year than this year, obviously. But I'm pretty sure last year, didn't we lose every regular season game against them and then 4-0'd them? And I know they didn't have Ben Simmons and whatever, whatever. But like Jose was saying earlier, I think mentally when they play us in the playoffs, it's just something different. Like they know that Boston has their number and they know that Boston has what it takes to beat them. So I personally am terrified of Brooklyn, but Philly just doesn't do it for me, especially after, what was it, 2018 when we beat them? Then, what, last year we swept them? I just don't have that fear for Philly. I believe they're a great team. I believe they have great players, right? Nothing against them. But I think in the playoffs, Brad knows what to do to get where we need to go. Yeah, different team for sure. When you think about it, it was – They were 1-3 and three last year too, so you're right. But they also – And beat out of gas – Harris not knowing where he fit, and then he was like he fell on his head by like the end of the fourth game. And Simmons fourth was game up. was out of there. And then Horford, which we can't forget, Horford was part of that core, and he was the most illest spinning piece ever. They had no spacing, so like those two teams aren't comparable at all. And now you had Danny Green and Seth Curry. I mean, I didn't believe in that team coming into this year for many of the reasons you said, but the adjustments they made worked in a huge way. And credit to Embiid because he is a completely different player this year than he was last year too. Uh, so well, there is nothing comparable about uh, that at all. Well, the the one piece of the, the puzzle that that we we haven't mentioned when you talk when you talk about Philly is Doc. Him I too. Yeah. Remember how remember how Ben? I mean Ben Simmons and Joel for as long as they've been teammates seem to be fighting for that alpha dog status. Doc comes in there, lays out, "This is what I need from you, Joel. This is what I need from you, Ben." And there's really not a whole lot to talk about because you guys won a championship. I've won a championship. You're going to listen to me, and this is going to work. And that's what they have bought into, and they're winning a lot of games. And I don't think that their attitudes are going to change or be tweaked come playoff time. I This team is so much more dangerous than the teams that we've seen in the past because I thought those teams of the past were much more – were weaker mentally than this one is. Uh, Joel is playing with a different level of confidence and swagger to his game. Now, Ben Simmons does not give any thoughts or, or contemplations about shooting jumpers. In fact, he's, again, he's a different kind of player. He's a more dangerous player because he has a clear, more defined role, and he plays that role as an elite defender 
who gets them out in transition and scores every now and then, but doesn't have to score a ton for them to be successful. And Tobias Harris, I mean, he's he's embraced the Robin Hood of being Robin to Joel's Batman. They're good, man. They're good. But I, I, do I think the Celtics can beat them in a the best of seven? Yeah. But it's not going to be easy. Not at all. Uh, yeah, I, I, no, no follow there. I, I, I think it is, it, it is different. Um, but I, I think it's all, M, I think it's Embiid, um, taking it to another level there. Uh, if I, if I put you up uh, on the platform and I booted you, it's cause you didn't mute. So sorry, please do, uh, please mute when I put you up there and then we will call on you. Art, I'll get right back to you. All right. I got, uh, Jake in the chat. What's up, Jake? Fellas. What's what up? What's Oh man, it's uh, it's good down here in Sydney, Australia. Friday. Hey, salute, salute. Good Life's good. No, good it's morning. afternoon. Yeah, Are you kidding? Yeah, what uh, is it? It's like five Friday, o'clock. Is yeah. Yeah, Friday, four thirty. I'm working from home on beer number three. The Celtics just won. <laughs> oh shit, it's happy. Five in a row against the Lakers. <laughs> Mate, we're about to make it eight in a row because the Suns have to play the Celtics after playing the Sixers the night before on a back to back. Uh, it's gonna be a good little, good little stretch here. Um, but okay, enough with the uh, cornet stuff, fellas. Yeah. What about Jalen Brown? <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, we led with him today. What do you mean? Also, <laughs> also, please don't say don't say fellas, okay? Because that seems to spread the responsibility around, okay? All it's, right. It's, yeah. But it's but but okay. you 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 know we'll sway the conversation that way. We, we John, have can to. you pick one guy who's gonna say something nice about Cornet? <laughs> Are you kidding? Before you got on here, Bobby, I don't know a, guy who, a guy who came on here and said he only watches the Celtics because he's a Cornet fan. Yeah. No lie, <laughs> no lie. He lives for Cornet. He only watches NBA basketball to watch Luke Cornet. I mean, if anything, you got to give him some credit. I mean, he is a popular guy. I mean, Kendrick Perkins, like, moments after the trade, he was like, the only one that was like, hey, look out for this guy. So he yeah, is popular. I give him day that. one Cornette guys. There's some people that go way back. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> J- J- Jake, outside of, outside of not talking about Cornette, which you've now forced us to uh. do, what what what, what, what would you like to talk about? Yeah. Well, when Cornette was in high school, right. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, Jesse, man, he's he's delirious. He's up past two thirty a.m. I know you can tell. Right, you can right. tell. I, I do want to say quickly, Jake, before you speak for the for the for the for the people knocking yeah, yeah, yeah. Josue, and I was and I was one of them. Um, uh, you know, last night, bro, you started. We did this. go really. <laughs> I did. I did. We did go really. We did go really late, and I do have the receipts. He texted me at 2.40. We went till 3.15 a.m., I think, last night. Josue texted me at 2.43 like, yo, man, I'm just going to slide out. Okay? <laughs> I, just I, just, I just didn't see it. Yo, uh, verbatim, so I, I, was like, I was like, yo, don't announce it or nothing. I'm just going to – Don't announce you know. it. Yeah, I said that too, literally verbatim. Don't announce it. I'm out Like, don't tell, don't tell people, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a walk. All right. Because you know what that is? You know what that is? I just, I just kept calling on him. Yeah. Yeah. That's me dozing. (laughs) That's me dozing off. And I was like, yo, this this motherfucker is definitely going to call you in like 10 minutes. You need to, you need to text him, text him right now. You were, you were going to call on you. 
you were out on your feet in the YouTube show, man. Like the, the half the comments in the YouTube show is like, I don't think Just Wave's gonna make it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yo, not for nothing, man. When I when I saw the when I saw the broadcast the next day, I was like, yo, when 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 I'm at that point, when I'm tired, I can't hide it. It's not. It's all in my face. I saw it yeah. when I watched. I was like, oh, jeez. People are putting in the chat, you got to go Sativa, not Indica, on these late buddy, okay? <laughs> Yo, that's the best comment of the night. <laughs> no, but I, I, I agree. You got you to pick, pick it up a little bit. Um, no more West anyway, Coast road Jake, trips. You, no, man. Oh, hey, Jake, my God. You, all right, all right. Just real quick. All yeah. right, all right. It was the I know. Look, shorthanded Lakers, but dude, Jalen, he was doing some pretty special stuff out there, and I know, and he's been quietly on fire as of as of late. It's just Jake, you know, Tatum's been on like another level. But I kind of think Jalen's floor is like a top twenty dude. I think his ceiling is kind of fringe top ten. Whoa! Yeah, talk about Tatum being yeah. I mean, look, Tatum. We talk about him being young, but Jalen's twenty four, and what he's like top thirty. Maybe right now, and he's just he he takes it to a new level every every single year. I'm not saying he's going to get to that top ten, but I think top fifteen is you know out of the question. This guy just adds so much to his game every year. Like, can you imagine, you know, second, third year Jalen doing the stuff that he's doing this year? It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, um, no, that's I, a good point. I love Jalen. But just to set the table on this, because we've talked about it a bit, and Jake, thanks for thanks for hanging with us. The uh, uh, the, the entire the Celtics' success is predicated entirely on Jalen and Jason continuing to take leaps forward. So you're right. If you think he's fringy top ten, I think that's. I think actually, if we if we went through it, we'd count. We, you'd get to ten real fast and realize no, he's probably not. But if Tatum and Brown get anywhere near that, you are talking about a team that could be a problem. It's just I don't know that they're there right now. They're not. <laughs> they're not. Yeah, they're good. They're really, really good. But they're they're not. Um, I mean, without, I mean, hell, if you're talking about top ten, I mean, you can come up with three guys on one team who are better than them. You know, Kyrie, right. Durant, that, that all of them, Harden, right. right. And we're I not just, even talking about LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's we we've got five of the top ten with giving it like a nanosecond of thought. Um, so. <laughs> So here's, right. and, here's and, 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 and and a lot of them play on one. Te- I mean, three of them play on one team, and two of them play on another. You right. know, right? right. And, and, and again, thing. that's and that's no shade at them because they're still. They're, I mean, hell, I mean, if you're talking about players under 25, then they're probably the best duo, or at least top two, top three. Um, and if you're talking about just them individually, you know, if we're talking top 20, top 25, yeah, I feel good about that. I feel really good about that, but top and, ten. And no. Jake's saying he means Jake's Jake. Uh, I booted him. He didn't get to follow. He, he's saying in the chat. He doesn't mean now. He means in a few years. I think that okay. that's the point. I think yeah. that's the goal. That's no. This is the, the key, goal. right? That's yeah. going to decide Brad Stevens' tenure in many ways. How can you get Brown up to that top tier level with Tatum? Because it's going to be. I don't want to say it's going to be easy for Tatum, but Tatum's in the position to do it because the ball is going to be in his hands all the time and he's going to be the front man and he's going to be taking all the big shots. You can't let Brown get lost on nearly any night at this point. You have a guy who's capable of 17 of 20 if you give him 20 looks. like He needs to be able to get 15 to 20 quality looks every night. If he's not ready to do it on the ball yet, 
they got to be organizing the offense in a way that emphasizes getting him those looks. I mean, there is no excuse at this point for him to have five to ten shot nights. He's got to be ten plus every single night because he's going to be shooting over fifty percent on those looks. I mean, at this point, as far as wing goes, as far as wings go, and you can toss out some other names here. Who's more efficient in basketball on the wing than him right now? It's just the efficiency from him blows me away. But but that's the thing is like we talked we've talked about this a bit. If you go down the 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 league and look at some of the better teams right now, you can make a case for like their duos at least equal to if not greater than your duo at the moment. If you went to just go down the list again, Brooklyn's got three. Philly has Embiid and Simmons. Even Milwaukee, Giannis is so good. If you talk about Giannis and Middleton, uh, you know uh, for sure you've got Bam and. Bam and Butler, whether they want to enter the equation or not. Uh, Utah, you know, you've got, uh, you know, Gobert and Mitchell. Uh, in Phoenix, uh, you have, in Clippers, you have uh, George, and, uh, uh, George and Kawhi. Denver's got Jokic and Murray, even though uh, he's hurt. Lakers obviously have LeBron uh, and uh, AD. Portland's got uh, Damon McCollum, you know. I mean, up and down, you're talking about 10 teams, 12 teams in the NBA right now that have a duo and they absolutely have a case to say that their two are better than your two. I, I, I'm not saying it, I but I'm saying – I disagree with that so much. I'm saying you can make a – any one of those fan bases and any one of those teams and even impartial NBA analysts could easily argue for any of those two over, over, over the Celtics two at the moment. And I don't think they'd be out of their minds but, but to, ve- say, to say so. But very few of one like these two have – uh, sure, but I mean, for real, you think you think you can make a solid case definitively that they're better than all of those, or not even all that they're that, that they're not definitively, the but the they're ones. right there with just about anybody. They are, but again, that's the thing mm, is, yeah. you you need to separate. Like, it's so difficult CJ to say. McCollum, I mean, CJ McCollum, CJ and Dame. I know they've made a West Finals, but. I know, but I did rattle off ten or twelve. Like I said, is you need to be able to separate. You have to be able. Well, to no, say, it's interesting. Yeah. Those teams are, are are more interesting because you look at someone like a team like Utah Jazz. I mean, yeah, sure, they never been to the NBA Finals, but look what they did last year. You know, the, to face adversity in the way they did and, and bounce back from it. Like, you know, we talked about it last week. Uh, yeah, the Celtics team has been to the Eastern Conference Finals this amount of times, but I mean, the narrative has shifted every single time they went that far. My, I, I guess to a certain extent, you could say. Last year is the one exception, but then you have to ex- ignore what Kemba did, and you know all that production that came with it that put that propped yeah. the Celtics into great playoff positioning, which obviously paid, paved the way for what was easily like it didn't get easier than that for the Celtics in the Eastern Conference. The, the path they went to the Eastern Conference Finals and nearly yeah. to the NBA Finals. I, I didn't even mention Zion and Ingram. I mean, there's a, you know there's a, there's a couple others there too. I mean, it's right. there's. There are some friggin' talented players throughout the NBA, and many of them are are, if not twenty five and under, twenty seven, twenty six. If the playoffs started today, Zion and Ingram would be out of the playoffs. I, I just don't think that that's relevant because clearly Zion and Ingram are one of the top duos in the NBA, and I don't think anybody. Well, I want to see them make it. the playoffs. I know you want to see that. I'm saying Zion Williamson right now is one of the top two assets in the league, maybe next to Luka. It's really yeah, hard to and argue. plus Bobby. You put them yeah. in the Eastern Conference, they're a threat. It's really we hard can, to we argue can do that all day, but that's just not, not how it is. 
No, I know, yeah. but it's an interesting it, way to measure how you know other teams are. I don't want to say like their duos have caught up, but it's like, well, they've sort of just been always been around. I, yeah. Again, the the, key, the the point is there is a lot of talent out there. The Celtics also have two very talented players, but it, it, you you can, the New Orleans thing you're saying, Bobby, is actually more to my point. If those guys don't separate or get to an upper echelon level, you're going to be stuck in kind of that in in the wash here with these kind of middle tier teams that aren't probably ever going to be good enough to get over the hump. Those guys have to be. A level um, Brown, ha- Brown has this year, and we're seeing Tatum get back to that level. All I'm trying to they say need even another one. Yeah, so don't understate what they've done to this point because they're still on the low end of their development. We talked about this last time on here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, I do want to. Uh, it's an interesting debate, honestly, and I'm not saying any of those guys are better. I just think it's they're not. It's not I a do, landslide. I, I do think Celtics fans say, we've got Tatum and Brown. I, I do think it's very common for Celtics fans to just say, we've got Tatum and Brown, so we're fine. And there, a lot of teams have good players, and a lot of teams have two very good players on their team. So it's going to take either more help around them or those guys to reach another level. We know that the team right now is a little bit effed when it comes to its ability to add more people, you know, more, more high-level talent. So they kind of are what they are. So really the only path to success for this team is for those guys to continue their ascent and to take it to another other level. Um, Art, what's going on? Uh, hey, yo, you guys could just call me AJ, but I do agree with Sherrod in saying, like, I don't think that the Celtics are going to have a shot really against uh, either Philadelphia or Brooklyn over a seven-game series. I just think, uh, you know, Joel is too unguardable in the post right now. You see, like uh, – Literally, like, Rob Williams could only stay in 15 minutes before the all the foul trouble. And then, you know, Brooklyn just has those assassins over there. Like, I don't I don't think we can do much about that. Um, but I do think the Celtics are at their best. I, I, I hate to say it now, but it looks like Brown, like, on a night where he can just go 17 of 20 like this. Like, you, ha- you have to have the debate, like, whose team is it right now, you know? Do you want to give it – hand over the keys to Brown because – I thought, too, like early in the season, you saw too many games where his shot attempts were right there with, like, Kemba and Smart. And you're saying, like, well, yo, like, Brown's efficiency is wild. Like, you have to let him take over, you know? So, like, I know Tatum is a better one-on-one scorer, but I feel like the offense almost looks, like, smoother. Everyone's playing their roles better sometimes when Brown – but, see, and then people will say Tatum had, like, 53. But, you know, that's against the 30th defense in the league and the Timberwolves, you know – the Lakers, even though they didn't have their two best players, are still the number one defense. You feel me? Like, I don't know. Well, here's here's the thing. Uh, against Brooklyn, I don't like Boston's chances at all because I think Brooklyn's just got way too much firepower for, for Boston and any other team. Philadelphia, not crazy about their chances, but I do think that they've got a fighter's chance of, of knocking Philly off. Embiid is going to be dominant. It's the other guys around him that you got to neutralize, and I think they can be neutralize um beyond that i mean tatum is really a special player and jalen is having a special year and i think that's where for me where i kind of draw the line i I think what jalen brown is doing this year is great but tatum he's just built differently and and when i say i say that as a compliment because i do believe that there there's just there's certain players that have that that undeniable superstardom 
dynamic to them. And Tatum is one of those guys. Jalen, I think, is an exceptionally good player, but I'm not yet sold on him being a super duper star that you build around. That is the the guy that you kind of make your centerpiece uh, per se, but he's a very good player. Very good. And he's having a phenomenal year. Um, But like, for example, it, when Tatum dropped 53, yeah, it was his best game, but it didn't really come as this huge shock to anyone because he has shown the ability to dominate games as a scorer in that capacity. And Jalen has had some really good games, and tonight was one of the most efficient games anyone will ever see by an NBA player, uh, to, to, especially when you look at the volume of shots he took. Yeah. But well, we, if he went well, on for 50 see. points, I think we all would be really, really surprised because I don't – I just don't think he is that type of scorer. Well, I, I think what we've seen with Tatum is that at his peak, he could probably score 50, 60 points. But this year, Jalen's shown that at his peak, 40 to 50 is there for him. So I, I think everything you say about Tatum is right. But what I'm trying to emphasize is that Brown's right there, like just behind him. And so how can we build a dynamic with this team or see a dynamic build uh, that Brown can get that right in tandem with him every night. And I think they've done a better job of it this year for sure. The stuff we talk about with Kemba and how he's adjusting, that's important for getting Brown that. And the fact that he's averaging 20 plus points a game this year uh, is a testament to that. So they're, they're working toward that and they're doing it well. I just still lose my mind on those nights where Brown kind of gets lost in the shuffle on the offense uh, because it's, for what he's capable of accomplishing in this should never dynamic happen. Era, it should but never happen. Th- that's what that's what we talk about. And, and Sherrod says this a bunch, but this is what I always kills me when they go into hero ball or ISO. You know, it's like you know the my shot, your shot sort of thing. Nice pass, Tristan. I forgot about that one to Tatum. Um, watching the replay, yeah, I'm watching here, but, it too. Yeah, the uh, I, I I I saw another opportunity him passing out, but I didn't realize how many how many he really passed well tonight. I, um, but uh, that's what we talked about there is uh, the offense, ne- the ball needs to get in each of their hands on almost every possession. It is, it's a travesty when you go forget one possession without Tatum and or Brown or both touching the ball. But when you go entire chunks of time, when Jalen goes shotless or almost touchless, you know, in an entire run, I, 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 that, that makes me want to lose my mind, you know? Uh, yeah, but that's what used to scare me, John. Like, that's when I used to think, well, obviously, you couple that with the, oh, no comment, or whenever he was asked about, you know, chemistry yeah, you're like, issues. Is he or, mad? Right. Exactly. I'm like, are you in your feelings? Like, are you checked out? Because <laughs> there's, there's a difference. There's a difference between uh, you falling out of the offense because people are just taking matters into their own hands and compared to, you know, you're not clapping your hands and you're not engaged as you were in the first couple of quarters. Because remember those games where it was like, oh, okay, he takes nine nine shots in the first half. You took two in the fourth quarter, and that was it. Like, yeah, what it's happened? like, oh, I, I, I guess, I guess, I guess, I'm not getting the ball today, so I just right, won't shoot. Right. You know, it's like exactly, yeah. But whatever the reason is, when it happens, it it does freak me out. Um, you know, it's the same thing. It's like oh, that's it again. When we keep going to Brad, back to Brad on stuff. That's always where, you know, to me it would be like, it's as simple as, guys, Jalen's got to touch the ball on offense. Like, it's, that, this is, that part isn't hard. If it, if it goes, if, if there's a situation where you're, you know, Jalen's out there or Jason's out there for a long stretch of time and they're not, the ball's not getting in their hands, you call a timeout and you say, guys, what the fuck are we doing? You've got you to get the ball in Jalen's hands. 
Um, you know. <laughs> I love, part... um, did, did you guys hear when uh, Jackie Mack was like, oh, you know, some people think Brad doesn't give it to the guys, but sometimes when they come off the court, he goes, you really screwed that one up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gee willikers, guys. Dag nabbit, I mean, you guys need to play better. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, Dag it. That is funny. Um, let's uh, bring in uh, Peter, who's been waiting uh, here to uh, speak. What's up, Peter? What's up, guys? Hey, oh Peter. Peter. I'm cracking up, up right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this is this is such a cool platform. I just want to say, like, I want to give a shout Isn't out to it? whoever created this. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. When Josue and, when Josue's awake, he friggin' loves this like nobody else. I yo, know. I really, you know, it's funny too. In the morning, sometimes there'd be some rooms in there, and I, whether it's an invite or I just stroll in on my own, I'm like, oh, what do you guys talk about over here? Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, mad props to you guys who are actually in Boston. I'm I live in Denver, so it's like yeah. getting on one here, but I'm cool. So yeah. Anyway, um. Yeah, I'm, you know, I feel a little bit like a like an optimistic homer <laughs> looking at this team, but I I just want to say like I love the homegrown team. I remember like the Sox when we had you know Mookie, Dustin, Devers was coming up, Benintendi, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right, and it just felt like like eight out of the nine starters were homegrown, and I feel like that right now with this team, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking back at the drafts and thinking about how Jalen was like, what the hell are they doing? Who the fuck is this guy, man? Yeah. Number three pick. It was 2016, too. And, you know, it's five years later, and he's finally coming into his own. So That's a great point. Yeah, man. No. Market Marcus and, uh, you know, JT, of course. And, and then uh, – and now Rob is finally starting to show his potential – and that that's my so my second point is you know uh, I, I think like let's all be real we can't compete with any of the top tier teams right now there's just no way um but if they're healthy right uh, anything could happen if we have some crazy injuries but but um you know i'm i'm looking like next year the year after you know if we can keep that core together Biggest thing, I know, I hear you, John, like, we got to get the two J's to uh, to get their, to their next level, but they're, I feel like they're kind of hitting their next level now, and really, for me, I'm looking at Rob. Like, Rob, what is he, 60% of Embiid right now? So, like, what is it going to take for him to become 80% or 85% of Embiid? Well, I don't think, thanks, Peter, I don't think personally... Rob will ever be any percent of MB because I, I just think he's sixty. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. But, I, but it's not a knock on Rob. I just think he's a different type of player. I do think the Capella comps are very, very, uh, you know, very apt uh, and more reasonable. I think that's the type of player he's going to be and the type of way he's going to affect the yeah, game. Yeah, Embiid's going to be one of the best centers ever. Yeah, and Embiid is a Embiid is a force. And again, it's just hard to compare because Rob's never going to do what Embiid does. Um, so, but he's going to affect the game in different ways, and that's with his passing, uh, his shot blocking. You know, the the you know his ability to roll uh, to the rim and drawing attention away from you know you know uh, the other players so they can operate more freely. 
and eventually, as Sherrod thinks is maybe sooner rather than later, a, a little bit of a face-up game to, uh, you know, uh, where he might be able to score um, not just on dunks and not just on, you know, putbacks. So yeah. I like that. I, I, I like that. I, I, I like I – like, I think there is a next level for Rob. I, I just don't think it's going to be any like, anywhere close to – I don't think he gets. To, I don't think he get. He's not getting to eighty percent of Embiid. No, yeah, well, so, Joel is a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, uh, when all yeah, said yeah, and yeah. done, and and Rob is is going to when all said and done, he's going to be a very good NBA player. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, in fact, the majority of the guys who are in the league, that's like the ceiling for them. Uh, and again, Rob, I, there's a lot to like about Rob, and a lot a lot to like about where he's trending. But to to point, John's point, it, it's not really fair to, to kind of compare him to Joel, who's going to be one of the all-time greats. Um, I mean, you're not going to compare, uh, you know, Kimba Walker to, let's say, you know, Michael Jordan or Isaiah Thomas. Uh, he's Kimba's a very good player, but he's not that in that class category of players. Uh, so... You know, yeah. Enjoy, enjoy the Rob, enjoy the time, Lord Rob, while you can. Yeah. So, uh, what's impressed me about Rob is his ability to compete with some of these bigger matchups, and obviously, you saw in the Embiid matchup that there's a separation there that we don't even have to get into, and is obvious. But other, you know, tough matchups here, Cat, one like that, you know, performed fairly admirably there, I thought, and you know, has had some other decent games in the stretch, Jokic. Thought he held his own decently in that one. So, even like last game Rob, with, with Nurkic and Cantor, I mean, offensively those guys. Nurkic is a freaking beast, and can't you know just offensively? I thought I thought he held his own uh, there yeah, as well. If, if you run into those three guys in your first week as starter, and it goes as well as it did for the team, that's that's awesome. Now, what I like about him is that so we we've seen the Celtics take this approach in recent years where center is just a cheap interchangeable option and i don't think that's wrong from a cap management standpoint but when it comes to roster building i think we are seeing around the nba a little bit that the old celtics approach wouldn't have worked like the isaiah teams when it came to what they had at center then uh, where they were just so small and so ill-equipped to deal with some of the best centers in the league because the center is making a little bit of a comeback It, it looks different there's a lot of different variations of how you can impact the floor from that position. But there are some true star centers in this league. And while I don't think Rob has, like, Jokic and Bede upside, uh, to have a guy who has, like, real staying power at the position I think now is important and has the physicality and skill to at least stand in there with those guys eventually. Let's work in a couple more people. We're getting close to 11 here. I mean, goes close to 11, close to 3. Uh, Julian, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? What's happening? Um, so, I first of all, I just wanted to say, Bobby, I really don't think Cornette's the guy you want to get your wagon to. You got a shiny little object in Rob Williams you can easily attach yourself to. I think I, I'd go that route. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I did have a question that I saw on a Twitter uh, on a Twitter poll after the game on, I think it was Tuesday. And I think as reporters who cover this team every day and get to talk to the players, you might be the best position to answer. Since he's gotten here, have you guys been more impressed by the rise of Jalen the player 
for Jalen the person. Because I remember after the post game on Tuesday, he gave an incredible statement about you know how the state of the country and everything. I was just wondering what you guys thought about that. Well, and again, while I'm while we're on the air here, and it's just been such a crazy week in this country, I saw there's another shooting. In, in a FedEx facility? Or yeah, something. I like, saw that during the game or after the game. I mean, with what's going on in this country right now, and we don't have to get too deep into it, but, like, for the people who are like, oh, we don't want politics in sports. I'd, like, it's it's so real. It's so profound right now what's going on that, like, I don't know how you can separate the two. I mean, that's just my take on it. And, again, these guys have lived lives where it is a little bit more real for them, a lot of the stuff that they talk about. Um, so, I, I mean, this is just how it's going to be. And you can either like it or leave, you know. Like, this is stuff that's important to these players, should be important to everybody. And we see with what's going on, especially this week, there's real stuff that's got to be fixed, and urgently. Yeah, well, I think what the, the reason I say it's a great question, because I think I think the, it's, it's twofold for Jalen. You know, I, I just – I. From the beginning, I just think it's so interesting how he was always forced to adapt, and he was able to do that in in a, in a way that obviously the Celtics complimented him by giving him that that contract, you know. I, and I think that was so significant because it showed Jalen that the team was a invested in him for the future, for him to be a pillar, and b it showed uh, obviously he had proved his progress. He had gotten better year after year, and I feel like heading into next, heading into the last season, or at least after he signed that deal or agreed to it, we saw another shift in his in his and, game, and you know another what, element. Way, I, What's up? I, I didn't see him becoming what he has been as a player. Like I knew he was going to be great. I didn't think he had this up new level that we've seen from him. But what I said at the time when it was like, are they going to extend him? Or are they not? I, my thought was extend them. You know he's got skill as a player here, but what's more important is that the off-the-court impact and the significance he's going to have, you want that to be um, associated with the Celtics eventually. Right, but I'm know, not quite but, sure. I'm not, I'm not quite sure that that would have that would have happened so quickly if he didn't have that assurance. You know, maybe we see yeah. that on a different team. Maybe we see that when he starts his new contract elsewhere. Whereas it happened here in Boston, and that's a great thing because I think that it brought the team closer together. You know, I just think when when the when he lost his starting job and Kyrie was still around and. And, uh, you know, he came back from injury and had to come off the bench. He had to adapt, and he did. And he was able to show a part of his game that people were, weren't, weren't quite sure that he was going to be able to bring to the NBA level, and that was the outside shot. Putting it together with his overall offensive package, which, of course, is, you know, close to 50% and all that is also relevant. But also that contract and that role was relevant because he knew that he found a place here in Boston. And I think going to the bubble with everything that was going on, he felt comfortable to be who he – is and I just think ever since then he's continued to grow, continued to shine. And heading into the season, when I was asked, you know, time and time again, who do you think's going to make another bigger, who's going to make a bigger leap out of the two, Jalen or, or Tatum? I'm like, it's got to be Jalen because I just see him so comfortable in his role in his own skin, and now he's able to take on this role going into the season, knowing there was no question marks. It's you and Tatum. And you two are going to lead this group. And, and I think that was a great, great way for Jalen to uh, flourish and, of course, blossom sooner than most people expected. Well, the thing about Jalen is that, to me, Jalen the player has been far more impressive than Jalen the person. And, and here's why I say that. 
Jalen came into the NBA known as someone who doesn't necessarily fit your cookie-cutter description of a teenager coming into the NBA. This is a guy who took graduate classes in his one year at Cal. This is someone who, at his old high school, has had conversations with the principal about instituting different uh, elements to their curriculum. And we're talking about someone – this was before – he got the big money from the Celtics before he got that second contract. So Jalen, the person was straight. Jalen, the person was all good as far as what he was going to be about. He, everyone you talk to who from his past will tell you that as much as basketball was something he's really good at, his impact on life outside of basketball was probably going to be greater than that. So for me, and I think a lot of people, there was a, a, kind of almost an artificial ceiling you saw with him as a basketball player. And needless to say, he has smashed that shit to pieces uh, with the quickness. His ability to every year not only get better, but get exponentially better in all phases of play. And again, he goes out and scores 25, 26 points. A year ago, that would have been like the headline that everyone would be talking about. This year, it's just another day at the job. He's gotten that good as a player. And to me, that that's where Jalen's greatest growth has come because the, the stuff off the court that he's involved, not trying to diminish any of that, that's always been part of his DNA. It's just that now, because of the state of our country, it's getting amplified more. Jalen has and always it's... been aggressively and actively involved and engaged in those type of discussions. It's just now it's front and center, whereas his growth as a basketball player – to the to the point where he's at now, no one really saw that coming. Yeah. That's part of his exponential growth curve. It is, it, it, but it, not only obviously both of those things are huge parts of uh, of him and you know the the evolution of him as a player. It, it just it, it's hard it's hard to watch. It's hard to he- listen to the just the 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 pain um, that you know you see Jalen after the game last night or two nights ago, Doc Rivers. Uh, almost on a daily basis, just the exasperation, the frustration, uh, the pain in their voices. It's like, I know I'm a basketball player. I know my job is to do basketball, but I can't I, – I, how are we talking about anything else? And as you had said, Bobby, it's, 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 it, it becomes an unavoidable conversation. And I, and I know this was a big thing in the bubble last year, which is if we play, are we making a difference? Um, sort of thing. And I, I almost feel, you know, the, it's all, you almost feel like Jalen is conflicted a little bit. Like, I know I had a great game tonight, but this thing is on my mind more than anything else in the world right now. And I just, you know, it, it's, it's just gotta be brutal. I mean, to, to have to, no, you know. this is, this is how it's going to be now because, and, it, and it is where... this way and it's every day of their lives, you know, I mean, it's a reality and you're dealing with it in such a front and center way. It's not just an ongoing struggle for, for, for these guys in their lives. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you're reminded of it in such a horrible way, you know, day after day that it is, it, it, it is unavoidable. And, you know, you see it every time that he talks. Um, I well, want to, well, I just want to say, go ahead, Bobby, I, go ahead before I bring somebody this else is, in. This is going to be, a constant and again we're gonna hear for at some point here like we're, it's we're good that you're three. hearing from them i just it, you, it every day you just see it's a you know he comes off the court 
great basketball game. It's like, I, I don't know how I can talk about basketball right now, you know, and, and you, how can you blame him? Um, yeah, but and at is, what point is there like a breaking point there? And, you know, the players start talking about like, you know, what are we going to do again? I thought from a reaction standpoint, Popovich and he, what an important figure he is in all this saying, where's the owner money going? That's what we got to talk yeah, about. Bingo. Where's that yeah, owner money going? If you look at it, I mean, even in the NBA in a very woke league, you know, the, the most woke league in terms of, um, you know, at least the player uh, perspective of things. Um, I think it was tracked that 70 plus percent of owner dollars or more uh, goes, go, you know, goes in not the direction that, you, that the players would want it to go. Um, and that's a huge friggin' that's a huge deal. It's a, it's a massive conflict of interest. And you talk about holding people accountable, holding companies, holding corporations accountable. How about your employer? You know, it, it, it's a struggle. Uh, it's, it, it's a, it's, it's definitely a real thing. And it's good that Popovich will point it out. Uh, Especially when one of there's a bit of hypocrisy. Yeah. 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 Um, let's, uh, let's welcome in George here. He's been waiting to talk. Hey, how's it going guys? Um, Josue, you're awake. Nope, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Jeez, he I missed him me. again. Let, let me read the text. Let me read you the okay. Josue text, okay? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Oh, here we go. He said, I'm heading out. Great stuff, fellas. I'll keep listening for a bit, though. He's John got he's, me on blast, huh? John got uh, me on blast. Huh? <laughs> there he is. See, John got the receipt. I guess you were listening. Josue, you can't trust me with that. Trying to trying to snuggle in here. Jeez. I think I think we I think we, we interrupted his we interrupted his fifth dream. Um, Go ahead, bro. I just I uh, just want to say, um, you know what, Bobby? I'm with you. I'm sick of this cornet slander. All right, he, I'm he, the Celtics. The Celtics are two and are two and zero when he plays eighteen minutes. Like Brad, the ball's in your court. No, I'm totally kidding. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, you know what? We don't need to throw away seven first round picks. Just trade Rob. That's sweet. Yeah. Now, um, I was going to say, like, I agree. I think Sherrod made the point that um, I think Philly Philly is a little bit is more beatable than Brooklyn, but it's still going to be tough. Like, are we just at the point now where we have to, I know you guys have talked about this a lot, a lot, you know, John's brought it up a few times, but are we just at the point where like, let the Jays keep going and hopefully they just still want to stay, but we just have to wait out the Kemba money to go. Do you know what I mean? Like, are we just going to have to wait a couple of years to, to, to be competitive? I know it's a long time, long time away, but I mean, we had the chance last season and we just, we kind of screwed that up in the conference finals. Well, I think I think if you don't wait for it to go, one thing you can do, and thanks, George, for uh, for hanging and always thanks, being with us. One thing you can do is, um, you know, you wait it out one more year, and if he hasn't, if he's still, you know, close to this version of himself, you might be able to send him in his final year as an expiring, uh, and you move it off the books then, or do something else at that time with a bigger deal where someone is willing to take on one year of him for whatever. Maybe I don't know, but what do you what do you guys think? It's a possibility, but man, uh, I, I think teams are going to want to see what Kemba can do in a no, semi-normal season uh, where he's playing every day and you don't have to have load management to the extent that we've seen it, where he doesn't play in back-to-backs, for example. Um, it's it's hard to imagine a team willing to trade for him and give you real assets in return 
knowing that they're going that they could potentially be getting a guy that you can't play in back to backs and you're probably going to have to put some type of cap on no, his minutes. No, I think that I think the issue I think the question is Sherrod, are you paying someone to take him? Like which is to say are you giving up the assets for someone to take the no, salary? No, I don't think you do that. The, yeah, that's no. that, yeah, I don't think that's happening. He's, again, okay. he's had a rough year, but we still see the usefulness of him. It's not like he's just Hanging along and they yeah. have the bench and right. he's completely useless. He's I agree, Bobby. Bobby, I don't see a deal that they can make based off what Sherrod said um, that makes them better, which means I think you just have to accept that however good Kemba is, that's the best we're going to get and we're not going to do better if we move on from it. So I think you're – I don't want to use the term stuck. It sounds uh, – you know, it's a, it you know, has a pejorative no, but connotation, it. but it is. You are stuck with him, you know? Yeah. I, I looked for deals all afternoon. I was in the trade machine all afternoon for a piece of road. And <laughs> I, I still got that Clippers one on hand, but even that one still, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of things that would get in the way of that, I think. So he's here. I, I mean, there's only one or two teams that could trade for him. Never mind would want to. Yeah. And, um, but luckily it's not, it hasn't been horrible at times. He's looked great this year. He had a, 32 point game against Indiana. He's had a couple of 28 point games. Uh, the Portland game was sensational the other night, and he was solid again here. So, again, he has some real stinkers, but he's also had some great games this year. And it's mostly been somewhere in the middle of all that. And luckily, he still competes like crazy. He's deferential and helps set up the Jays. And, uh, you know, he's still a seasoned veteran who everyone loves on this team. And I think people around the league love as well. Uh, they when do. it comes down to them trying to add pieces around here somehow, some way. The problem is that contract. That's really the biggest one here. But really, it's what not, this year is almost over. Then it's two more years. It's not like they're waiting five years for that to come off the books. At the same time, though, they can't just wait here and lay back and say, we're just waiting for Kemba to come off the books. Then we'll figure out how to compete. They're going to have to get creative here. And fortunately, they already have. Bringing in Fournier. And ultimately being able to re-sign him at what I think will probably be 17 to 19 million again uh, is huge. I mean, that's another key rotation player NBA started or have in the mix here. And if eventually they want to put Kemba on the bench, like you suggested, John, you got Marcus Smart and Evan Fournier to play in that backcourt. So they've started to do what they need to do to transition Kemba to this next phase. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's uh, – do you agree, Josue? <laughs> I knew he wasn't here. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I know. I'm sorry. Going, going gone. I couldn't resist. I knew it. I, I, uh, he, he was a trooper. We went longer than we said. Sherrod, any final thoughts? We're going to close it and we're going to thank everybody. But I, uh, we, I think, you know what? We've said enough. We've said it all we're going to say on the Kemba thing. Um, but we, one thing we talked about on the show and Sherrod said a lot is um, a, a different version of him that they've been getting recently might be something um, better. Seven than, assists a game. That's, again, that's serious. Bobby is wowed. But no, I mean, for real, like if people if people recalibrate their expectations and stop looking for the 20 something point per game, Kemba and look for the guy who's making who's allowing Tatum and Brown to be the best version of themselves and doing different things. And, <laughs> there you and go. a more 
and a more efficient uh, Kemba might be one that you're actually going to end up liking more. Don't don't stare at that stat sheet and look at the points per game and say, oh, he's not scoring. He's not. He, he, if he finds value doing some of the things he's been doing lately, I think they're better for it. So that's what I think. Uh, it is 315. We, we did it again. We didn't mean to. So thank God this West Coast little swing is over. We loved hanging with you guys. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. Um, we will be back again on Saturday for the Warriors game. They're back home here. Um, we absolutely, like I said, uh, enjoyed having you guys in the chat. I Who knows why it's in Boston, that NBA schedule. <laughs> it, it's weird. But, again, I just tell you guys, you know, uh, you guys are all hanging here. Please, like I said, uh, get the word out. Tell more people, hey, there's just fun show. Come hang out with us. The point of this thing is uh, we feel that the people who are watching us uh, on our YouTube channel and joining us here in Locker Room, it's kind of a community. We've been riding this wave for a long time since the bubble last year. We've got a lot of you guys there. So we want to welcome more people on as we kind of close out the season and head into the playoffs, hopefully make a little run here. So, again, Spread the word. Get it out to people. You know other Celtics fans who you think might enjoy uh, being a part of this experience with us. Uh, we'd love to have them, and we, we, you know, we, we of course, love having you guys. So, um, again, Saturday for, uh, you know, Joe Sway, uh, Pavone, Bobby Manning, Sherrod Bilotli, the, the absentee Jimmy Toscano, who will be back. Um, uh, he promises on uh, Saturday we will all see you then. Good night, everybody. See ya.